Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your Chief Security Fanatic here, and it is Sunday, and we are doing Breaches of the Week, and I am glad. I've had about two weeks of travel, almost non-stop, very rarely coming home, and I am very glad to be home doing this video and getting back on the track for the next few days until I gotta travel again. So, with that, I'd like to thank the following people that sent me this information the last couple of weeks or so, and that would be Barrett Peterson, Chris Fallon, Jay Dance, Matt Knowles, and Sander Slidnerink, and I think this is gonna be an actual really interesting interesting uh, breaches of the week. Now, if I missed your name, I'll get you next time. And please send me those breaches because I will give you a shout out here and also on my Nationally Syndicated radio show, which will happen in about a week or so. Now with that, let's start with Revolut. This is a financial technology company and here's what go is going on there. An unauthorized party had access, quote, for a short period of time, end quote, to the details of about only 0.16% of their customers. Now, according to the breach disclosure to the State Data Protection Inspectorate in Lithuania, where Revolut has a banking license, 50,150 customers have been impacted. Now, based on the information from Revolut, the agency said that the number of affected customers in the European economic area is 20,687 and just 379 Lithuanian citizens are potentially impacted, even though they disclosed in Lithuania. Now, the Lithuania Data Protection Agency notes that the likely exposed information includes email addresses, full names, postal addresses, phone numbers, limited payment card data, and account data. So heads up to you if you use Revolut. Now, moving on, let's talk about Starbucks. Yes, the Starbucks, but we are talking about the Singapore division of Starbucks because they admitted they suffered a data breach that impacted more than 219,000 of their customers. Now, Starbucks Singapore sent out letters to notify those customers, and we are talking names, genders, dates of birth, mobile numbers, email address, and residential address. Basically, if you signed up for any kind of Starbucks rewards in Singapore, heads up to you. Moving on. And I thought I talked about this one before, but I couldn't find that I had. I am talking about IHG, or Intercontinental Hotels Group. They own a ton of different ho uh, hotel brands. Attackers now, and, and quite frankly, this is honestly an update because, like I said, I think I talked about this like a month ago. But here's what's up. The attackers told the BBC that they carried out this cyber attack against basically the Holiday Inn owner, for fun. Now, describing themselves as a couple from Vietnam, they say they first tried a ransomware attack, then deleted large amounts of data when they were foiled. Now, here's what happened. They accessed the FTSE 100's firm's databases because they found a weak password, and that password was QWERTY123, QWERTY being the top keys on that keyboard. So there you go. Now, an expert said that this obviously highlights the vindictive side of criminal hackers. The UK-based IHG, if you recall, operates 6,000 hotels around the world, including Holiday Inn, Crown Plaza, Regent, and a whole bunch of others. So heads up to you if you stay or have anything to do with IHG hotels, and that's going to be a lot of us. Moving on, let's talk about 2K Games. Because this basically, uh, they confirmed rather that their help desk platform was hacked and then used to target customers with fake support tickets, pushing malware via embedded links. So if you play any 2K games and you had to contact their support for whatever reason, help, I can't install it, it's crashing my system, whatever it is, you may have actually gotten a response from fake support with links to malware that could have gotten you infected. So obviously reset your passwords, enable multi-factor authentication, just have good cyber hygiene in your life. So heads up to games. 2k games players and this week is the week of the airline breach because my god we're first going to start with american airlines they are first up but they are not alone because 
American is basically saying their cybersecurity response team found out about a recently disclosed data breach from the targets of a phishing campaign that were using an employee's hacked Office 365 account. And the airline said in filings with the Office of New Hampshire's Attorney General, after receiving these phishing reports, American's computer incident response team discovered unauthorized activity in the company's Microsoft 365 account. Now, the investigation also revealed that the attacker or attackers accessed multiple employees' accounts, also compromised via phishing attacks, and used them basically to send more phishing emails to targets that American has not yet disclosed. Now, as American disclosed this notification, we're talking about the personal information may have included employees and customers, names, dates of birth, mailing addresses, phone numbers, email addresses, driver's license numbers, passport numbers, or certain medical information. Obviously, that's probably on the um, more on the employee side. Right now, as it stands, over 1,700 customers and employees were affected. Obviously, that's going to be out of potentially millions, so we'll see how big this goes. They revealed this, though, two months after it was discovered. So they left 1,700 of us at least hanging and we'll see where that goes. So that is your first airline of the breach, uh, airline breach of the week. The next one is Portugal's flagship air carrier known as TAP or TAP. They're telling customers this past Thursday that attackers had stolen some of their personal information that was published on the dark web, although the state-owned airline said that all payment details appear to be saved. Now, TAP said in a letter to customers basically last month that uh, we're talking names, nationalities, email, home addresses, phone contacts, and frequent flyer numbers were affected by this breach. So if you use TAP out of Portugal, heads up to you. Next up is Aer Lingus. This is the airline of Ireland. Now, this is an interesting one. And so listen to me here very closely on this one because they're saying that they fixed a major connection issue with the company's online system after it resulted in a raft of flights being canceled at the Dublin airport on September 10th. Now, the company canceled 51 flights, uh, basically mainly to and from Dublin and European and UK destinations. But the company has advised, has advised customers that its flights for the next day, because again, this happened on September 10th, were planned to operate as normal and customers were advised to arrive at airports at the normal time for their scheduled flights. The company also ruled out the possibility of malicious attack by hackers as the cause of the failure, telling basically uh, reporters, and I quote, the incident was not the result of a cyber attack. Now, the reason why I added this in, because even though it's not a breach, I wanted to clear up any speculation that it was. When we hear about outages like this, we now tend to wait for the impact of a data breach. And fortunately, we are good here. So while Air Lingus is in the news for technical and computer glitches, they are saying it is not a cyber attack. If that, if that is true, and I have no reason to doubt them, that is a very good thing. So heads up, Air Lingus customers, your data is actually safe, even though I'm talking about you here on Breaches of the Week. Moving on. Let's talk about Kiwi Farms, and if you don't know who Kiwi Farms is or what Kiwi Farms is, it is probably the worst of the worst website, one of the worst of the worst websites on the internet. This is an internet forum best known for organizing harassment campaigns against trans and non-binary people that has led to at least one suicide, and they said that they experienced a data breach that allowed hackers to access uh, basically the administrator account of the person that started this horrific site. His name is Joshua Moon, and possibly all of the accounts 
accounts of other users. On the site uh, forum, the creator Joshua Moon wrote, and I quote, the forum was hacked. You should assume the following. Assume your password for Kiwi Farms has been stolen. Assume your email has been leaked. Assume any IP you've used on Kiwi Farms account uh, in the last month has been leaked. Here's hoping the night this website never comes back online again. And quite frankly, I am not losing sleep over this one. And I say that very rarely in data breaches. Good riddance to Kiwi Farms. Moving on. Let's talk about Suffolk County government because officials on Long Island say they're investigating a possible cyber attack on the Suffolk County government from about two weeks ago. This is affecting their websites. Now, the company is work county, the county, excuse me, is working with federal investigators to determine the extent of the intrusion. County emails and some applications were taken offline uh, this past Thursday night. So I'm sorry, two weeks ago, Thursday night, so that officials could investigate the possible attack. Now, emergency services and 911 are now operating as normal, although there were reports that 911 was knocked out for a while. County officials said that they are working with the Department of Homeland Security to determine whether any data was breached. It's not clear if this was a ransomware attack or, or something else, but there you go. So if you live in Suffolk County, in uh, basically in Long Island, in New York, heads up to you. Moving on. Let's talk about the uh, let's talk about U-Haul. You know, you can go rent a, ha- a truck and haul your stuff. U-Haul your stuff. U-Haul basically suffered a data breach to uh, basically from an unauthorized person gaining access to an unspecified number of rental contracts, and that is what U-Haul's parent company, Americo, uh, basically said last week. Now, it's not known how many customers have been affected, but apparently payment card information is safe, and this person or attacker had access, uh, quote unquote, only to customers names, driver's license, and the information included on a driver's license, like your address, date of birth, et cetera, et cetera, or state ID if you rented via a state ID. Although if you're renting a truck, I have to imagine you have to give them a driver's license. Quote, we detected a compromise of two unique passwords that were used to access a customer contract search tool that allows access to rental contracts for U-Haul customers. So if you have ever rented a U-Haul You might want to check in or you might be hearing from them or who knows, maybe you might be entitled to compensation because we're also living in the age of the lawsuit, not just the hacker. Moving on. Let's talk about crypto market maker Wintermute. They got hit for about $160 million in their decentralized finance operations. And that's according to their uh, CEO, Evgeny Gavoy. I am horrible with names, as you know, if you're a follower. This is talking about last Tuesday in a tweet. Now, Wintermute's uh, centralized finance and over-the-counter operations were not affected, according to Mr. Gavoy. And he added that the firm is, quote, solvent with twice over that amount in equity left, end quote. And I quote again, if you have a market uh, market making agreement with Wintermute, your, your funds are safe. There will be a disruption in our services today and potentially for the next few days, and we'll get back to normal after. Now, Mr. Gavoy also said that the firm is open to treating the hack as a quote-unquote white hack hack or ethical hack and ask the attacker to get in touch with them. And if the attacker agrees and returns all of the money, they get to keep $16 million of the 160 that they took if they accept that deal. So kids, sometimes crime does pay. Moving on. 
Let's talk about Grand Theft Auto 6 made by Rockstar Games. Over 90 videos of GTA 6's gameplay footage and screenshots made their way online last weekend primarily via the GTA forums, which apparently I'm guessing are really popular for Grand Theft Auto players. Now with the footage shown uh, basically in those leaks, it lines up with previous reports surrounding Rockstar's next game, which said it will feature a Bonnie and Clyde inspired playable duo to be set in Vice City, which I'm assuming is, you know, their world. I haven't played Grand Theft Auto in probably 15 years. Now, with over an hour of developer gameplay footage spread across 90 different videos, the GTA 6 leak is one of the biggest leaks in the history of the video game industry. Now, on September 18th, a zip file containing all of the material was first posted to GTA forums by a user calling themselves Teapot Tuber Hacker, who claimed that they were responsible for the hack and that they could leak more data, including source code and assets. The next day, Rockstar Games verified the GTA 6 leak and expressed his extreme disappointment with the situation, but stated that the development would continue to, uh, basically would continue unaffected. Some of the most significant information to come out of that leak includes the confirmation of the male and female protagonists, as well as a return to the setting of Vice City, so I'm guessing it's a previous one now. The FBI is currently investigating, so if you're a big Grand Theft Auto fan, apparently you got a massive sneak peek Rockstar didn't want you to see, and hopefully the code won't be exposed and Rockstar can move on because obviously this would cost Rockstar a bazillion dollars uh, if they were to lose this. So hopefully, hopefully everything will be all right. Moving on, let's talk about Bosnia and Herzegovina because prosecutors in Bosnia and Herzegovina are investigating a wide-ranging uh, cyber attack that has crippled the operations of the country's parliament. Nearly uh, For nearly two weeks, the website for the country's parliament has been down and local news outlet Nezavizni, and again, I apologize on the pronunciation, spoke with several lawmakers who said they were told not to even turn on their computers, barring them from asking access to their email accounts and official documents. We have seen a rash of government attacks. I just talked about Suffolk County, uh, you know, in on Long Island, New York, which is a small government. In terms of national government, Montenegro was recently hit and knocked out for quite some time. And so this is obviously a huge problem. They are not the only ones where we have seen an entire government infrastructure get hit or damaged in some way. And so nation state hacking is actually a thing. And it's a very huge problem. And finally, and we have two finalists for you today. The very first one I'm going to talk about is Morgan Stanley. Now, uh, the SEC Commission on September 20th announced charges against Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC or MSSB stemming from the firm's extensive failures over a five-year period to protect the personal identifiable information or PII of approximately 15 million customers. Now, Morgan Stanley is obviously a massive financial player here in the United States. This is huge. Now, MSSB has agreed to pay $35 million in penalties to settle the SEC charges. Now, the SEC order finds that as far back as 2015, so seven-ish years ago, MSSB failed to properly dispose of devices containing its customers' PII. On multiple occasions, MSSB hired a moving and storage company with no experience or expertise in data destruction services to decommission thousands of hard drives and servers containing the personally identifiable information of millions of its customers. Moreover, according to the SEC's order, over several years, MSSB failed to properly monitor the moving company's work that is required. 
A staff's investigation also found that the moving company sold to a third party thousands of MSSB devices, including servers and hard drives, some of which contained customer PII and which were eventually resold on internet auction sites without removal of said PII. Now, while MSSB recovered some of these devices, which were shown to contain thousands of pieces of unencrypted, and I say unencrypted, so anybody can read it off the hard drive, customer data, the firm has not recovered the vast majority of these devices. Meaning, if you are a Morgan Stanley customer, they have been playing insanely fast and loose with their data destruction policy. We all know that companies go through software and hardware life cycles where, yeah, that five-year-old computer running Windows XP has to be upgraded to 7 and Windows 7 gets upgraded to 10 because who wants 8 and they didn't make a Windows 9 for obvious reasons. And so this is, I think, one of those huge things that is a lesson to everybody. Data destruction is so unbelievably important. If you are reselling computers that have personal information on it, you have to physically destroy uh, those hard drives or you've got to basically encrypt them, wipe them, overwrite them, uh, you know, with things like DOD overwrite methodology. This is a huge, huge problem that we have. Otherwise, you get a $35 million fine, which quite frankly, for 15 million people is a laughable fine. It probably should have been in the billions, especially since that company that had no experience or expertise in data destruction was removing these and then just simply reselling them. I could have bought a computer on, I don't know, eBay or wherever they were selling them that had a whole bunch of Morgan Stanley information. That is utterly ridiculous. That is insane. So if you're a Morgan Stanley customer, I would probably lodge a complaint. You're probably going to be entitled to compensation because the lawsuits are going to be coming fast and furious. And finally, finally, and we've got one more finally for you today, we're going to be talking about Australia's second largest telecom known as Optus. Now, this is actually a really interesting one. And there are some things that I basically have learned that were not officially reported. And that is something that I think is actually rather interesting. And here we go. Now, with that, let's start with what we know so far. This is, again, according to official reports. Now, Optus said on a press release this past Thursday that an unspecified number of customer names, dates of birth, phone numbers, email addresses, and addresses and identity document numbers, such as driver's license and passport numbers, were taken in this data breach. Now, Optus did not say when the uh, breach took place, but it believes that the incident is now over. The Australian Signals Directorate, which is Australia's equivalent of the U.S.'s NSA or National Security Agency, was notified about the incident and we have to imagine that the signals directorate in Australia is looking into this. Now, here's where this gets interesting because a LinkedIn colleague of mine, Andy Jenkinson, he's the group CEO of CyberSec Innovation Partners, wrote this regarding Optus. I happen to be tagged by Chris Fallon into this and I think this is actually really worth noting. So this is what Mr. Jenkinson said and I quote a lot directly from his original post. Major Optus customer data breach blamed on quote-unquote human error. Optimus Chief Executive Kelly Bayer Rosemarin apologized for the digital intrusion as it was declared the attack could date uh, back as far as 2017. We had researched Optimus's interface, uh, internet-facing security back in February of 2021. We informed them directly at that time of exposed domains and subdomains. Their DNS has been insecure, including their DNS zone, since at least 4 December 2020 and more than likely for years 
prior to this date. Optimus has ex has been exploited due to basic security errors. An investigation has commenced and will no doubt will and and no doubt will not disclose the extent of the lack of control, management, and governance of basic internet access, include assets, including websites, servers, and DNS. Whilst the 9.8 million records exfiltrated sparked fury, the CEO of Optus was close to tears whilst interviewed by Australian television. This and hundreds of other breaches are caused by human error and access enabled by basic internet security. When we point out these errors, and we do so frequently, it is often dismissed as unimportant. I bet the people at Optus wish they had listened over 18 months ago. Now, end quote, if that is true, and I have no reason to doubt Andy Jenkinson here, that is an incredibly serious lapse on Optus's part. Andy, for the record, his experience with this in terms of reporting vulnerabilities is also mine. Because in notifications basically sent when we also discover vulnerability, we rarely hear back. And that's a very serious problem. And we have literally, when we come across something on behalf of, let's say, another client and we're investigating something else, and we say, hey, we found a major flaw or vulnerability just simply doing an assessment for a client that accesses your infrastructure, third-party supply chain, and they're like, okay, or we never hear back or, or anything along those lines. These are serious problems that need to be addressed. So I'm glad Mr. Jenkinson's team discovered this. I'm glad they told Optus. And to his point, yeah. I really bet they would have or should have listened 18 months ago, and here we are talking about them, and the world is not too happy. Not to mention, I'm sure they're fine. There are going to be fines and possibly lawsuits under Australian law. So there you go. Those were your breaches of the week. Were you affected? If you're a Morgan Stanley customer, an American Airline customer, and a whole bunch of others, you probably were. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everyone.